0: Blog Talk Radio. Well, a late start is always fun, but this is uh, BC Radio Live at blogtalkradio.com slash bcradio. I am your button pusher, Philip Wynne, and it looks like I am joined tonight by BC Magazine's Executive Editor, Lisa McKay. Hi, Lisa. Hey, Philip. How are you tonight? Oh, Okay. <laughs> uh, we're also joined by BC Magazine's founder and publisher Eric Olson. Good evening, Eric. Yo, that
1: was uh, that was under the wire. I heard one, uh, and there we were.
0: <laughs> well, uh, I think I think I may have actually been like a minute or two worried about that. Um, well, tonight on BC Radio Live, this is actually our final uh, final week of this format of inter- in, uh, interviewing great uh, guests of authors and bands and so on. And fortunately, we're going out with what I I think is a a bit of a bang. Uh, We're going to be talking to the band Telling on Trixie, whose new album, Ugly, Broke, and Sober, just was released yesterday. Uh, In fact, I know they had an interview with uh, Les Daldor, who's a, a friend of Blog Critics, yesterday, and now they'll be talking to us tonight. We'll hear a couple of samples from the show that I was able to pull together just in the last few minutes. Um today is Wednesday March 25th 2009 and this is BC Radio Live. So uh do you guys have anything you want to talk about before we uh talk to the band or shall we jump right in?
1: Oh there's there's always plenty we can talk about but yeah I, I mean what we should you, you, you left it a little open ended there to, uh, uh, people may have the impression that we're going away. We're just we're changing the time because this is mm. this late in the evening. For for we on the east coast is is difficult and and uh, well for you in central too for that matter it I mean, it's just yep. right in the middle of the evening and by the time we got home and have eaten and all that then it's it's uh, it's it's pretty tough to get back and and get in the the mode the performance mode chat mode so uh, what we're gonna do is we're just moving the show up uh, three hour time we will continue doing interviews with. Uh, pop culture people, whether they be authors or bands or, you know, whomever comes along. I imagine there will be a few more uh, entertainment-type people available at the earlier time slot rather than nine. You know, usually they're doing interviews, and certainly on the West Coast that's not late uh, for people. So anyway, we'll do that for a half hour, six 6.30, and then at 6.30 – uh, you guys, Philip and Lisa, will join us join me, and we will do what the very original intent of the show was when we started a year ago, November, I think it was uh, and that is to talk about blog critics itself and to feature highlighted stories, highlighted authors, and just uh you know talk about the site and talk about what 's going on there's so much going on we 're doing thirty to forty stories every day. We have all kinds of exciting things going on we got the redesign coming up here in a few weeks and so with all of that uh... and we're and we're starting up the newsletter again hopefully we can finally get that out by tomorrow We've had several delays but it's fine once we get started then we'll be on a regular weekly schedule so with all that going on it only makes sense to to talk about blog critics and to focus on what we know best and what we do and 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 most importantly of all i think is to give that spotlight to our, our writers and to let them talk about how their stories came together and what they have out and all that. So uh, we're excited about that. I think it'll really be fun. Uh, I, I very much enjoy doing the the interviews also. It'll be a lot easier, I think, in a, in a half-hour format. So I think it'll work out fine. It'll still be, for me, an hour show. It'll be three hours earlier. That's really nice. Now I won't... Uh, I won't have to leave <laughs> the kids and uh and, and their their sad, baleful eyes uh <laughs> uh at uh, you know, uh, eight eight thirty. I uh I will just stay here and we'll do the show uh until seven. So, uh with all that being the case, yes, it's uh really exciting here. Uh our our friends at Ray B who, who give us a lot of the bands that we work with, a lot of bands that we talk to on the show here are real excited about this band, so that always counts for a lot because they have a really wide and varied and, and really quite good uh, indie band or mostly indie band roster, and they're real excited about this band. So that's a great Well, song. you know, uh,
0: we, we reviewed them favorably as well. I'm not sure who actually wrote the article, uh, but it looks like we're excerpted as uh, praising the, the uh, lead vocals.
1: I saw so, that was, i I, I that of, was the so. first album I'm guessing ah, that's probably the case but uh but nonetheless, yeah, I saw that too, so that was that was certainly nice to see. uh we should look that up and see who did it but yeah, <laughs> they uh they seem to have it all together all the all the necessities they got the myspace site, they got their own site, and what an interesting story it is in that, and we don't want to give away too much before the the band is actually on, but um this was taking it farther than I have seen anyway, Uh, Mm -hmm. I imagine it's happened, but taking the indie ethos farther, or I should say, and and the interactive aspect even farther than ever before as far as involving their fans. So we should probably leave it at that before we actually talk to them.
0: Let's do that. I've got a couple of of numbers calling in from New York, but first let's listen to about a one-minute clip or so from a song called Crash Me Up. This very much exemplifies that indie ethos you were talking about, Eric. So it'll be a great song to ask them about.
1: And that was my uh, favorite here's, one, too.
0: There's a sample of Crash Me Up. That was the song Crash Me Up from the brand new album just due out yesterday, Ugly, Broken, Sober, from the band Telling on Trixie. You can find them on MySpace at MySpace.com slash Telling on Trixie. Uh, and also at a very interesting website called www.abandwithaplan.com. Uh, looks like we have a couple of uh, calls in from New York. Who's on the phone from uh, Telling on Trixie?
2: Derek. And Brad Derek. Singer. Derek and Brad.
0: Oh, Derek and Brad, good to hear from both of you. Welcome to BC Radio Live. Thank so you. So that song is probably the ultimate, uh, you know, reaching out to the internet indie ethos song, possibly possible, uh, sort of a sort of an experiment from a bandwithaplan.com. Can you tell us a little bit about how that came together?
2: Yeah. Um, so. You know, our whole thing here was uh, we had we had played as a band for like a year and a half, right? With the with the first album, and we made a couple of videos, and and then we had played together, and we had like written all this like a whole a whole album's worth of music, probably an album and a half's worth of music, but we had no money to record it (laughs) because we had just, we had just like toured around and we just made videos and we spent a bunch on what all those costs that are associated with that.
1: I don't think that's ever happened before that a band has not had money to record.
2: (laughs) (laughs)
0: So,
2: so, all right. So, so, you know, there, there's these, there's these models, not, there was these models that uh, some artists had started to use where it was like tiered donation sort of thing, right?
1: Oh, I thought uh, you meant mo- like runway models.
2: <laughs> you know what? The minute I said that, I knew you were going to think that I stopped, I stopped Sorry, I,
1: I am an incorrigible smartass. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so, uh, Jill Sobiel had just done it, right, with her whole tiered thing, and it got written up in the New York Times and blah, blah, blah. Um, so I got in touch with her, and I was like, you know, can I, can I rip this this idea off? And she goes, you, you should totally rip it off. It was very empowering, but you should make it your own. So I started trying to think about how we could make it our own. And the thing that she didn't do, I think, was that was make it really, uh, the, like you said, interactive. And, and our fans tend to be very opinionated um, every time we do a show or we do um, – or put something out or do an interview. We get, uh, I get comments about what I, everything from what I wore to what we left out of the set and all this kind of stuff. So I said, I'm going to put that to work. And, um, and so what we did was we kind of took them, developed this thing where like if they donated a certain amount of money, they could participate at a different level, you know? So if you, if you, if you gave $25, you got a password, you got a password to the site and then, you could, like, vote on issues. You know, like, one issue was, are we going to have graphic design or are we going to have a photograph? And overwhelmingly it was a photograph. And then, like you just heard, that was Crash Me Up. And one of the questions that we always, always get in interviews or from just fans or friends or whatever is how our songwriting process works. And basically it starts with me and Brad, who you have here on the phone. Um, Brad usually has a musical idea. and He'll, like, record it at 3 o'clock in the morning. And uh, then I wake up in the morning, and I've got, like, an MP3 waiting for me in my mailbox. And he's like, see hey, if you can do something with this. Sometimes I do, and sometimes I don't.
1: It's like Jagger so, and Richards.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, Brad's a little bit more coherent than Richards is usually. I just saw <laughs> them. Boy, that was a train wreck. Um, and uh, And so – I po- what I did with Crash Me Up was I posted what I usually get from Brad up on the website and say, and I said listen this is what I usually get and it either reminds me of something or it doesn't so why don't we why don't I show you how like my lyric writing process goes together and why don't you guys like if it doesn't if it doesn't strike an immediate chord with me then I usually make up a story like if it doesn't remind me of some something I've journaled about or something I immediately am feeling. So usually I make up some fiction. I go, so why don't you guys throw out words at me, and I'll take like five or six at a time, and I'll show you how I structure lyrics, or at least how I was taught to and how I tried to do it. So in that first verse you hear um, popsicles, barley, juju, magic, firefly, um, and then some. And then uh, Zach Daggy wrote, he wrote, getting high, and he wrote some big, long sentences, so I used the word getting. You were supposed to just give me a word. Anyway, so uh, I took, and then I said, okay, stop. And so then we wrote the first stanza together, and then I, and I explained, you know, we're establishing our characters. Here, the main character is longing for the other person who is kind of a rebel, getting high on popsicles and barley and hops, hooligan, oh, hooligan was one too, good citizen, come back to earth, uh, Swoop down and – oh, somebody said snatch, right? So I had to be like, all right, now how am I going to use that? Swoop down and snatch Yeah, delicate,
1: me, potentially. Right?
2: Right? Well, I turned it on its head. I, I said, swoop down and snatch me tonight. Um, magic, juju, firefly, good citizen, save me from earth. So, Bob. <laughs> then, so, you know, and I was thinking, now what we have to do with the chorus is we need action verbs, right? So because it has to take off. The music takes off, and so should the, the, the speed – uh, the velocity of the words that we're using. So I go, you know, you have to give me action verbs. So I got gallivant and rave and rant. And uh, so I got this idea of like a takeoff, you know? So that's how that's, that's kind of like the Crash Me Up and how we made Crash Me Up is kind of the example of how the whole band of the plan thing worked. You know, I kind of took them through the, the process of what we do when we write an album and let them weigh in. And so when they were donating money in the beginning, you know, the people who, who, participated in like crash me up or those initial decisions, they were like invested in our process. So they wanted to see us succeed. And I think the reason that we hit our $20,000 mark, I'm convinced now is because those people who kind of got involved in the beginning told other people or they upgraded. I mean, we had a ton of people in like the last week and even in the last 48 hours upgrade and get more money because I think they wanted to be part of something that succeeded. So, um, and they were
1: invested, like you say, they were literally invested, not you know, in the process, not just not just on the the uh, the surface level with money, but they, as a result of that, and as a result of participating, they were invested emotionally, and you know, it was important to them. Uh, yeah, I think it's an actually it's an amazing approach and a really interesting one. The first question that I would have, and I, I'm sure I probably interrupted you, so I apologize for that, uh, but. Did you feel any loss of control as a result of that input? I mean, did that cause you guys any frustration? Or was it all just, hey, the more ideas, the merrier, you know, it's all cool?
2: No, 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 no. So, you know, every song on the album was, it's written 100% by us. And, it's, and, and, and Crash Map was the only thing where, artistically, we, um, we took words from other people. But like I said, you know, I strung those together. And made a lyrical body out of it. Right. And made made the story. And you know when I got enough words, I would say stop. And then I would explain why I'm using the the words I'm using. You know. So Crash Cap is like the closest they came to the driver's seat, but they were they weren't in the driver's seat with us ever because it has to remain. We have to maintain that you know our in own artistic wall there. In and the they end, were we, definitely, we had the
3: final say over anything that really went on. If, you know.
2: And, right. And. Right. Well, so, sure. But they definitely they definitely sat in the front seat with us. You know, we wanted them to. And, and when we came across problems, like uh, the decisions of our producers, what I did is I said, "Here's what I think. Tell me what you think. You know, um, should we try to produce a lot of this on our own, or should we hire someone with a big name so we get out there more? It will eat all our budget. You know. So people wrote in, and we considered it. Um, Should we do a, and like with Mad About You, should we do a cover or should we not? So I let them decide if we should do a cover, but Brad and those guys all of a sudden they surprised me with Mad About You. They didn't know what cover we were going to do. You know, they didn't decide anything about that. They decided those, kind of those initial questions with us and weighed in.
0: Well, interestingly, that's the
2: other song I
0: grabbed a sample of to uh, close out the show is Mad About You. Fantastic cover. Thanks. Thanks. Do you have anything you'd like to I'm a
1: major Belinda fan myself, and uh, my wife and I are having to pick the songs that we're going to do at the uh, – we do two parties a year next door, and <laughs> we perform. I play guitar and sing, and she sings, and so uh, we got to pick out some new songs. So we were, we were just deciding we're definitely going to do – She's going to sing a Go-Go song. We're trying to pick which one, and we were just you know, kind of going over their whole career and looking at them and seeing the transformation and deciding which era of Belinda we like best. <laughs> what
0: did you decide?
1: Uh, I like either earliest Go-Go's or early solo, where she, she'd lost the weight, she'd glammed up. That was a pretty hot look, you know i liked I liked yeah. that by then, the music though i mean i I liked that song. I liked those first few solo hits, but i mean they were there was a lot more production on them they were a lot more pop you know i, I what I loved about the Go-Go's is that they were were a true organic you know f- female was was certainly relevant but not the only you know major issue. They were a great pop rock you know self contained writing band that happened to be a bunch of pretty hot girls that i mean that's what was so cool about them so for her to take the step going solo was fine you know whatever everyone does that eventually i guess uh but uh and and the look no problem (laughs) liked it but but the the turn to really kind of obvious 80s heavy production pop um, you know, was that I wasn't as big a fan. I thought I think what she was best at is is a rock singer because I mean we know she's not like a really great singer in terms of having a you know actual inherent voice, but what a great personality and and a lot of you know charisma and pizzazz and good looking and 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 spunky you know. So it was that it was the spunk and and that's what she turned away from I think um, and and why you know the solo career didn't last. As long as it. You know, might. Uh,
0: speak, speaking of good looking and glam, uh, who is it that's on the cover here? Ha! Ha!
2: Ha! That's
0: Derek It's Chris not Pope. me. Oh. No.
2: That's a serious yeah. body. That. So Derek, is how not... long did it
0: take you to get into that makeup?
2: <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> it's not me. God. Uh, you know, uh, the funny thing is when we put Zandra Fox, who is that. 85 year old man in drag that you see on the cover of our album. <laughs> I never in my wildest dreams because there's like what a 50 some year age difference here. For, let's just start <laughs> with that. Never in my wildest dreams would I have thought that people would say, "I can't believe you did that to yourself and put yourself <laughs> on the cover. <laughs> it's not <so laughs> flattering, man." Let's, let's start with the fact that there's a 50-year age difference, okay? And then let's go to the fact that I'm not a drag queen. And then let's go to the fact that, I mean, although I would kind of like those glasses. <laughs> <laughs> those glasses are awesome. Well, it so doesn't help
0: I- that you've, you've got fans in the chat room, uh, you know, asking about it.
1: Hey, do we want to give the phone number in case anyone wants to call in? We've actually
0: gonna, yeah, we've got a number of people who have called in. The number to call in is 646-595-315. And it looks like we've got a few calls lined up. So let's go and see if we can hear from area code 770. You're on the line. Hello in the 770? Is that Atlanta, Hello? I think? Yes. Hello. Hello there. Hey, I was uh, just commenting. I
3: feel... Uh, Big Stevie Nicks influence with this music.
2: Ha! Did you see that YouTube video or something?
0: <laughs> huh? I, I, no, I'm just totally, uh, just totally off the cuff here. Just, oh. I'm just getting that feeling.
2: Okay, yeah. Um, th- there's two funny things about that. The first is um, uh, when when we gave Tommy, uh, when Brad and I gave Tommy the the music for shooting in 60. I don't know, Brad. Did you think he was going to put that guitar on there that sounded so much like Edge of 17?
3: No, actually, I did. that that's uh I don't know where he came up with that from. I mean, I don't Yeah, maybe it was from maybe it was a Stevie it was, influence actually.
2: Yeah. <laughs> we actually it totally do, was.
3: We sort of do sometimes go into that Stevie Nicks tune during one of our other tunes in alive when we play live. So maybe that's what he was thinking.
2: Yeah, hmm. I I mean, we I was totally surprised when he decided to stick that uh, that guitar on the beginning of shooting in 60. And of course I was, I'm a huge Stevie Nicks fan and, and I uh, and I was totally happy. <laughs> I was like, this is awesome, you know. This because is a it's, tale
1: it's, about a white witch.
2: <laughs> <laughs> a Welsh witch.
1: Oh, um,
2: yeah, I, I, yeah. I can
1: understand her and, and her cocaine-induced.
2: It's a white-winged dove and a Welsh witch. Oh, okay. But, okay. Um, but, but when, we did, um, when we did a band with a plan, um, I, th- I was trying to think of a funny way to introduce it to all our fans. So I made a video a video um, letter to Stevie Nicks, an open letter to Stevie Nicks to try to get her to join Band with Plan because I thought it would be hilarious. <laughs> um, and it's on YouTube somewhere. So that's, that's, uh, that's the first reason that your question is funny. The second is um, – that we were totally surprised when Tommy put that guitar on there, and it was awesome. Because then when I was singing that, when I was singing that, uh, you know, th- that's the first song I listen to when I get up in the morning. If I if I'm gonna listen to my own stuff, um, it's just like a shot of espresso. So yeah, definitely an influence.
1: Oh, interesting. Well, now she wouldn't have been playing the guitar, right? Who would have been playing the guitar? On... Wadi
2: Wachtel. Oh, is it Waddy? Yeah. Yeah, uh, and then and then in hey, stop it. And then my dog is like tearing at my pant leg. Um, Did the dog participate in
1: in a band with a plan?
2: No, but the cats did. I I dressed, I actually had a You know, it's just (laughs) like cats.
0: Always got to be in the spotlight. Well, want to take a couple more calls? Yeah. Let's see. uh, Caller from area code 270, you're on the line. Hi, Derek. Hi, Brad. Hi. Hey, it's April. I'm one of your hugest fans in Kentucky.
2: Uh-huh. And
0: we actually saw you guys live in Cincinnati, I think, about a year ago in May. Right. And, I mean, when are you guys coming back? I mean, around our area. They, they are so amazing live. If you love their music on the CD, they are ten times better live. I mean, it's and just awesome. And that's a lot. Wow. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it is because a lot of bands, you know, they suck live, and I mean, they are they're ten times better live. So.
2: Well, awesome. Um, thanks for the call.
1: It's always
0: diplomatic,
1: you know, to 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 not mention them sucking live when you're talking to a band that sucks live. So I'm glad that um. you called tonight.
2: Right. Uh, where Where are you in Kentucky?
0: Oh, sorry. Hold on. Let me bring her back. Oh, okay.
2: Anyway, you're never.
0: Hi. Hi.
2: Where, where are, are you?
0: I'm in Hartford, Kentucky. It's a small little town, but my space gets around.
2: Uh, but what's like a what's like a, a what's another city kind of near you maybe? Um. Bowling green or nashville is kind of close. okay well all right all right there we go all right so if we book a Nashville show get in touch and i'll make sure that you uh, cuz we got booked there and we're going to we rewrote ourselves and so we're going to do it in the fall so
1: i think she deserves uh, to be backstage
2: uh, she totally does <laughs> it kind of uh that was that was a lot of affirmation thank you very much <laughs> you're welcome very nice you uh,
1: From the heartland, no less, you know. Yeah, Yeah. You guys are an East Coast band, right?
3: Yeah, we actually find we get a lot of support out there, which is really great.
1: That honestly, you know, not not on the joking around side of things. I I think that really is pretty interesting and and emblematic and very encouraging because, you know, if if you're big uh, on the East Coast and you're big in Kentucky, I mean, wow, you know, that's that's covering a lot of of cultural and musical territory. Yeah. We love to play out there. Cause, I mean,
3: you really a great feel,
1: You feel the appreciation
3: when you're out there playing. Well, right. our earlier
0: call was 770, which is the Atlanta area. That's always nice. And actually, here's another call from uh, New York City somewhere. Another uh, call from 917. You're on the air. I think you're in a bar. <laughs> yeah, a little bit noisy. Hello. Hello there. You're on the air with Derek and Brad. Hello? You have a question, hello? The man?
1: Yes, speak, please.
0: People on the hello. line in New York? Yeah, we'll uh, we'll give up on that. That's, that's, I don't know if that's pocket dialing or what. That's that's an odd uh, odd one. Um.
1: <laughs> hey, that was interesting. That about the Atlanta call too? Because uh, I was thinking that that was where I, I don't, they weren't from there, but for some reason. That's where they hit. Uh, Buckingham Knicks were huge in Atlanta. They were unknown like in the All whole right. rest of the country prior to being in Fleetwood Mac. Huh. I mean, we're going so, yeah. back to the early yeah, were they, 70s. Were they Southern originally, though?
2: I think No, I, No, she's from Arizona, and then I thought they were, I, I'm told maybe, I'm completely, I, I thought something completely different. I thought they, she's from Arizona, and then I think and then I thought that they were like a San Francisco band, or am I just I think,
1: Pro- I think he's from L.A. I think he's from L.A. But I think you're right about Arizona. No, this was just uh, this oddity, you know, that I remember reading yeah. about that that for some reason, you know, they 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 just totally latched onto him in Atlanta as Buckingham Knicks, and they were huge there. I think they even moved there for a while because they were so big there. You know, like Hendrix moving to to England, yeah, and we're thinking uh, of moving to
0: Kentucky. So you guys, <laughs> well, yeah, you never know. Hartford, well, I hear. You know, there's it,
2: it's just they're kind looking for bands. With- it just kind of starts with, uh, I think, we went to, what did she say,
1: a year ago or two years ago? She said May, a year we,
2: ago, you in played May.
1: Cincinnati. Yeah,
2: we played there okay. last May. Okay. Because, Brown, we, went to, we first went to Midpoint Music Festival, right? Yep. And then that was, that was right after the debut was out. And then, and then what happened is we met, we met people there. We made some fans and some friends there. And, uh, and then a bar asked us to come back. And, and you know, paid our way. So, I mean, we, we definitely went back. And we had already – and, you know, Tommy, our lead guitar player, is from there too. He's from Cincinnati, just outside oh. of it. So you, when you have somebody that's from there, there's a built-in fan base. So we definitely, you know um, – I think she probably saw us the second time around. Um, but then you just get – you get those cities that have attached to you. I feel like we have a lot of people in Pennsylvania um, and – Cincinnati, and then yesterday it was uh, Denver. That people, I, I don't know. I haven't heard much from California or out that way.
1: Have you like, played I the West Coast? Over. Have you played there?
2: No. Well, that
1: could be the effect. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Definitely. You know, if it was just a singer-songwriter thing, you can hop on a plane and go, but like, we have to haul all our crap across the country. Oh, sure.
1: And, uh, it's not a minor thing at all. And, it's
2: really not. And it's it, really does, not. it
1: comes back to the original point, and again, you know, on the serious side of things, is that money is always an issue.
2: Yeah. It's always an issue, and I've got to tell you, I get a little frustrated with the – you know, I don't know, in some of the blogs you may read, or some, you know, everyone's trying to say, well, musicians can make money musicians can make money on tour. Well, it, in a band like ours, when we're funding ourselves and we have zero tour support and zero even label support, we, we don't have anything like that, you don't really make money on tour. You don't. You don't. Well, you hope um, to break even. I yeah, would. That w- it would be ideal just to break even. You so. hope to God you break even. And I and I just, uh, Brad and I, and also we get paid gigs after paid gigs. Uh, I don't, it, that doesn't really happen. And a lot of times you have to put deposits down so, that, you know, because they're like, uh, what does that call? You have to put like um, a guarantee down on your tickets before yeah. you go, so you like start in the hole. You know what right. I
0: mean? Right. right. Um, if If, if a certain number of people show up, you break even. More than that, you make a profit. Less than that, you're. That's kind
2: of just the
1: other side of pay to play, too. You know? Yeah.
2: <laughs> right. I mean, it's totally.
1: Speaking of L.A. Know,
2: <laughs> it's totally what we need. You know, it's part of our job. We have to play for people, and it's what we want to do, and it's why we're doing this. We're huge music fans, so um, we, we go see people, and we, we want to play for people, too. So, obviously, it's, like, the big thing, but, like, I think I get a little fired up when I hear uh, non-musicians' quick answer to everything is that, is that musicians can make money touring on the road, and it's just Well,
1: m- my understanding, and we've talked to a lot of, of, of you know, bands that are around your level, you know, more or less. Uh right. I mean, that, those are our favorites because... It's, um, you guys do have a following, you know what you 're doing you 've been around, but you 're still young and and you know you 're energetic and you 're it's you're it, it you're you 're still grasping you know you're you 're not madonna um and uh, jaded and whatnot you know i mean who who needs to talk to people who 've been at it for thirty years and are sick of it you know i mean sure, I have fans and i mean i 'm a fan and people i 'd love to talk to just because i 've always been a uh, been a follower and been a fan but you know I'd much rather talk to someone who's putting out really good, vibrant, interesting music now than than someone who did it thirty or forty or fifty or twenty years ago you know um, so anyway the 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 stuff that I pick up some of the the commonalities that I pick up from a lot of the bands is People have this perception that the whole internet era and the you know the interactive elements and the self promotional aspect of it and, and the MySpace and all that they they think that that leads directly do not pass go to cash. What what I think it does and what it seems to be to me is sure it's a big bonus in terms of what you can do on your own in terms of getting the word out in terms of building a critical mass following because you got to have that base or. or or it all kind of falls apart, you know. You do I, that. I, I certainly understand. So I, I see where the MySpace is, and and you know, just the various aspects the, of the of the internet communication era, the Twitters, and on and on and on. Facebook. I, I see you know the benefit of that, but I know also that for the most part, it's not like that directly leads to money. It's just kind of another step along the way. Is that is that right? Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, it's easy. Um, It's a great way to connect with people. Um, You know, I I can't remember the percentage, but actually since you're a blog critics magazine, uh, blogs, getting mentioned on a blog is Mm -hmm. so much more of a direct link to cash. I mean, if you get mentioned on a blog, especially one that is even slightly respected, um, or, you know, even one that's not really well-known, but somebody else who writes for a blog sees that that person's picking up, that is a much more direct um, link to cash than us, you know, because MySpace is like – than MySpace, okay, period. Now, MySpace and in Facebooks and Twitters and all that. You have it's, – it's a great way to connect with people, but for the most part, it's a m- bunch of musicians with megaphones screaming, look at me, 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 you know. Um you can run down the other street naked. musician right other musician <laughs> right, right right I mean, after twenty times of running down the street naked, people are gonna stop looking you know i mean like there's only so much you can do and and you don't really make many uh like um, sales from that i i i can 't point to any, but if you you can see a direct you can see it when somebody mentions us in their podcast and there's a link or in a blog and there's a link.
1: Right. Well, I know we reviewed it's your first it.
2: album. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, John Sobel reviewed your first album as
0: part of his uh, indie roundup feature, and and yep. quite liked it actually. We'll have to make sure we get a review of your new yeah, album. Yeah, we got to
2: review this new one for sure.
0: It's, it's well, good. that'd you know, be great. Be... Yeah.
2: The listen, the John Sobel one is one I've quoted ad nauseum. <laughs> it, was like, <laughs> it was awesome. You know, I mean, it's like that's the kind of. Honestly, I mean, I'm going to be truthful here. That's the kind of that's the kind of review you like wait for. You know, he's a
1: musician himself too. He's he's right there in can, New York,
2: and, in you New York. T- and you can and you can tell because it's not like it, you know. There's the reviews where they basically copy your bio, copy your bio which isn't really a, mm-hmm. a review, and then there's the reviews with they like so smitten with you that it doesn't have much pith. You know? Right, then, right. Then you, then, uh, then you get something like that where it's very intelligently written and a musician, you know, and, and there's different angles that they take about talking, and they talk about the vocals, and he talks about the, the bass, or he talks about, you know, just things that we think of as musicians. Um, that's the kind of thing that gets us really excited.
1: Now, where do you guys want to end up? I mean, do you want to get on a label? Is that something you want to do, or what? What? What do you see your path being,
2: Brian, What do you see our path being?
3: I see our path. I think ideally we would get on a label as far as to to help us distribute. You know, in some sort of distribution deal of some sort. I mean, I don't. I don't know what record labels are even what record deals are around anymore. In this day and age. You know, this,
2: right, I, and I. I think that what Brad and I have talked about is, you know, we've really built our own entity here, and now we've gone and gotten a hundred people from five different continents involved, and personally involved, and financially involved.
3: Yeah, we don't need a and, label to help us record an album at this point. We need a, you know. We need the marketing and the distribution, distribution. You know, and the you know, someone right. to fund you know a tour, you know, a full tour around the country. You know, we we just don't have the funds for it as right. an independent.
2: Oh, or you know somebody working it would be nice to have somebody who would be in charge of just working nine to five trying to get us uh publishing you know what I mean trying to get us like placements and stuff because I get a little tired putting the hat on and taking it off you know singer <laughs> sure. sure singer business guy singer business guy singer, right business guy. it's hard i, I mean there's,
1: there are no there's no question about it i mean that we're in this period of of transition it's very fluid right now and uh, the the things that the labels that the industry the structure that was there before the things that they did well the things that they did for the services they genuinely provided to bands are going away and yet we don't have anything really in place that replaces it you know you guys were just saying what how how the whole internet thing works you know it's good for some things but it's not good for other things and it hasn't replaced what, you know, a, a, say a major – a, a full-court press by a major label. And I know what they could do because I've either – I've been on both sides of it. You know, I've been a writer. I've been covering music for, for years and years and years and years. I don't even want to say how long. 30 years.
0: Decades.
1: Decade. Decades.
0: decades.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I wrote my – I started writing reviews when I was 15, and that was in a, that was 35 years ago. So – uh, you know, I've I've seen the structure and and how it's changed. And right now, you know, when I was talking about interviewing some of the older bands, the people have been around. I'll tell you, a lot of those guys, who aren't major major superstars, you know, still they're not Paul McCartney uh, or Madonna. Uh, they are terrified, they have no idea what to do now. you know they just they, they think that the whole thing is collapsed, and nothing is in place, nothing to replace it and they They blame fans you know for for thinking that music should be free is is the way it was put to me by uh, Mick Hucknell of Simply red, who you know they were never that big here in the u s but huge, huge, huge in in u k and Europe and uh he said you know i mean he was really bitter and went on and on about it it was kind of the most i'd heard but i've heard others say kind of similar things and uh you know so anyway the, it's it, we're in this period of really you know fluid transition and it it is it's a difficult time it's a time when you i i think it probably has has uh, you know kind of sorted out weeded out the people who aren't absolutely fundamentally Committed to it. The, the way I've heard it is, is man, you do not want to be a musician for a living unless you can't imagine doing anything else. And I think now is
2: that is more true probably than ever before. You know, you, right? And you know what? That's fine with me because I think that I mean we work so hard and we love it and. And, and we work so I work so hard i 'm dizzy on this sometimes, and if it weeds out other people, then it 's the survival of the fittest you know what i 'm saying yeah. and, and the thing is that with my generation of the, growing up uh, as a band in this environment we 're not used to people carrying our bags for us so that's that's if, if we 're used to that if we're not if, we're, if' the simply reds of the world are used to being people carrying their bags for us and that whole old mentality of. Uh, you know the label comes down and swoops you and saves you. Um,
0: they're they're going to be lost
2: because they've never they they haven't had to do this like this. Maybe I I don't know I I can't speak for them, but I I think that my ideal would be, um, we could use some support. Like we could use a good partnership. I think that Brad and I have built a good business here. We've built, a, we've built a good band. We, we balance the business and the creative side. You know, sometimes when I catch myself on Facebook so much, I'm like, you know what? Have I done my voice lesson today? Did I do it yesterday? Like I spent two hours on MySpace, and I haven't done 15 minutes of doing my voice lesson. So right. I put it on, you know? And and you have to and I, I, I try to remember that. I'm getting better at it. I think it was in the beginning there was more setup involved. Um, and now I'm able to do more creative stuff since we've we really laid a good foundation for that in that partnership, uh, in that in that beginning in that first um, in that first year we laid a good solid foundation I think. But but now what we're looking for is a partnership. Like um, so, is a major major label is that right for us? I don't know, I don't know. Is a good strong indie label who I can see complements us right that sometimes somehow i can see that yeah
1: i think that sounds like i think that sounds like your your best bet because you don't want to give up all the control all the nonsense of the majors and be stuck with the onerous deal you know where, where they have all the power and the way things are going now is of course the major label deals are going to be All the all the new deals, they control everything. You know, your merchandising, your everything, because that's they're not making any money either. You know,
0: obviously, if if there if there ever was a chance of making any money on tour, it's gone now with with new label, new uh, contracts. You know, one of the things you said, we've actually heard a lot from from bands, both uh, you know, completely unsigned on their self labeled, or even on some of the smaller indie labels, and that is just that. You know, our generation of bands, we're used to doing it for ourselves. And uh, we, we've we heard that a lot, and um, it, it seems to be working quite well.
1: You guys have a much more holistic approach. You know what all the variables are. And, you know, if you can keep plugging away and keep building your bass, then you will. You certainly will be in a much better position than you would have been in the old days, where really all you knew how to do was, was sing and play. But like you're saying too, it takes a lot of time and effort and, and emotion and energy to run the business side of it too. You know, I mean it's like two completely separate jobs. So uh, it's it's a tough time, and I I really have a lot of nothing but respect for for people like you guys who who do a great job on the creative side and who are you know putting out tunes and doing a great job and producing it well and putting it all together and getting it out there. You know doing the packaging and just getting it all done on your own plus then uh, in, in essence also running your own small business i mean it's it's tough it really is so I mean uh, my hat's off to you guys
0: thank you so we've had a, we've had a couple of more calls coming in from New York and uh, I ignored them so long that one of them has hung up but let's see if we can, uh, we, can <laughs> we can at least talk to someone uh, another caller from friend 21- one. Seven, you are, well, there we go. You are on the air with Derek and Brad. Hello. They're shaving. Hello <laughs>
2: What's that? Are, you, have
0: a, you have a question for Derek or Brad?
2: I do. I've been listening to the new album, and I absolutely love it. Oh. Uh,
0: I do. Thank I, you. I, I I love that song, Deepest Dive. Oh, Where'd thank you. Where did the come from for that? It's like really, I don't know, it's like mysterious or something,
2: but I love it. Oh, thanks. Um, I think he asked where did
1: the where did it come from? Where where did the idea come from?
2: Oh, yeah. Okay, well, you know, it it starts uh it starts with Brad and um Brad sent me that beautiful beautiful song and um I it it was one of those things that reminded me of something very personal in my life. So, uh I didn't have to make up that story like I talked about with Crash Me Up. I don't know. If, I don't know if you are listening at the beginning.
1: You didn't have um, to do the William S. Burroughs cut-up technique.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no. Wait. What is that?
1: He literally would take in in his one of his you know experimental phases. This guy who wrote Naked Lunch, you know, and mm-hmm. liked guns a lot, and was a very strange fellow. But anyway, uh, he he took uh, writing, you know, text, uh, and he literally cut it up with scissors. And then he would piece it together, automatic writing.
2: Yeah,
1: that's nice. Well, it's you know it's kind of a Dada it, it approach. It
2: seems arbitrary, but um, – It's
1: very arbitrary. That's exactly yeah, the point.
2: Right, right, yeah. I heard somebody else say you – know, I heard – actually, I actually did not hear. I read on another blog um, about um, somebody praising I – I don't know. It was something, somebody ridiculous um, – Somebody who's not a lyricist. I think he's like a guitar player. No offense, Brad, but um, but like uh, <laughs> uh, talking no about offense, how to but write. What do you know about music? Right. No offense. I mean, what, he actually, I don't know. Brad. Brad has written some lyrics before, and I've had to like swoop in and um, brighten them up a little bit. Um, <laughs> they get a little dreary. Freshen them. Um, keen. Yeah. I don't know how to write. They're very no he he's very not happy um uh, um but it was like you take you write who was this they they said you write um he writes a sentence and then he writes a paragraph and then he takes out every other sentence um, <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah, it, right I have heard it, of that too it, right and I was like so what story are you telling? you know what I mean like how do you deliver that i mean the the thing about being the singer and in, in i mean most The singers or lyricists and and I think that I I don't know if I could um, well maybe I could but like I have to be able to deliver it and tell the story you know and um, if I knew it was arbitrary I feel like that could read if I when I performed it you know you would have an arbitrary performance (laughs) right Uh, like like when I when I sing when I sing Crash Me Up and even though that it could seem a little bit arbitrary because they threw crazy words at me it actually, like, I tied it into like I made, we made a really we made a really happy love story. I I think, um, kind of a crazy love story out of it. And and, and it makes me happy to sing it. And you know, tying it back to Berlinda Carlisle, one thing I liked about her, um, when she even sings the rock the rock stuff, is that she smiles when she sings rock music. Not even just the pop sugary stuff. Like she would smile and she would get gritty and then smile. And that's She's something I do. You, she I, is spunky. I love that. I love that. That's I agree with I you. I think about.
1: that was ultimately her. You're, I think you're exactly right. That and was if you her. were singing
2: a bunch of gibberish you didn't believe in, or that you were just chopping up and pasting it together, I mean, how you smile during that? And, and how I
1: mean? do you and how do you sell it? I mean, that's your job. You're selling <laughs> it. You know, how do you right. sell that as a singer? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think I think you guys did a remarkable job with Crash Me. Up. The other thing that's cool about that is I think that. Those three words, that's a really interesting and kind of evocative phrase. I mean, I think you created something that does have meaning. Crash Me Up just, you know, it sounds cool, and it feels like it has meaning. It feels like it could become a catchphrase. So, I mean, there's random – and arbitrary, and then there's, you know, really random and arbitrary. And so, you know, I mean, his was an art. The Burroughs thing was very much an art, you know, technique. It's, you know, it's like – it's like, a, a, you know, Schoenberg, who who really listens to him, you know? I mean, I don't. Uh, it's just way, way, too, you know, the atonal stuff.
3: Yeah, I was actually just making a classical music uh, mix on my iPod, and Schoenberg didn't make the cut.
1: No, he rarely <laughs> does, you know? That was the Unless you're issue. an academic, you know? Yeah, I mean, people don't well, sit well. around listening to that, because it's, it's – ultimately, it's not really – Musical, you know. No, uh, he's got
3: you know, uh, know the tiny little pieces or whatever. Something that's called tiny pieces for the piano. That's about as close to nice music as he
1: as he composed. Right, and and I like a lot of modern, you know, classical. I love you know Stravinsky and and I mean it doesn't have to be obviously melodic for me to like it, but but it, you know having some sort of uh, rhythmic and tonal structure uh, is is still pretty important, you know, for me anyway. Um, So anyway, you guys are—you know—you are—you are are not embarrassed to be absolutely melodic as all get out.
3: Good for you.
2: No, I dig that.
3: Yeah, no, we want to make it
2: accessible. And I I think it comes—I think it comes. I just think that that's my thing. You know, I mean, like, I think if I tried to be a little bit more like—I don't know—it wouldn't be really true.
1: You wouldn't Uh, be Sonic Youth. (laughs)
2: <laughs> for example. No. Nah. Uh, well, yeah, you got to be yourself. Be, I would, I would, be, I would right? totally be. Right. And, you know, sometimes our stuff is a little bit too, it's funny, you know, you get these these this feedback from these radio stations, too pop, too hard, too rough of rock. And then and then, like two lines down when I read the radio reports, you'll see too pop for our station. And, you know, we're falling somewhere in between. And it, and I'm like, you, first of all, I can't, please everybody, but then um, I just um, – I think it's – I don't know. I think we write good pop rock music, and that's always what I've loved, and I've always just loved listening to the radio what was on there, and, I've, and, I've, and I'm not um, super – I'm like actually, actually really impressed with you, Brad, with your classical iPod. This is the first yeah. time I've heard about You with just classical. Like, this is something I would never do. Well, like, it was actually, I've always... yeah.
3: I was making it for my, my wife, who's pregnant, and, you know, we're reading these things that you should play classical music for your baby. And I put it together, and uh, and Schoenberg was in my hand, and I was like, nah, she's not going to like this. This is not going to help <laughs> the baby out. Yeah,
2: see, Brad comes from a, that whole rush, sticks kind of. Sometimes I listen to that stuff, and I'm just like, oh, God. No
3: sticks. No sticks.
2: No sticks, you know, no But, just
3: but the, the prog rock of the 70s and 80s, I definitely
1: listen to. Some yes. Well, there's some... a lot of great music there. You know, yeah, I mean, sure, you know, it, there's a line, and it crosses into sort of uh, you know pretentious masturbation. But... Yeah, it, it's all pretentious. <laughs> I mean, but it's you know, there's definitely good parts to it. Sure, there is. I love yes. I love yes. Yeah, me too. And I, I cannot believe that yes is not in the Rock Hall. It's just it. It is an absolute crime. Sadly. Yeah,
3: I feel that way about Rush also. I mean, and
1: and there are you're not alone. You know, I mean, if you look at the list, they do polls all the time. You know, who should be in the Rock Hall? And I mean, even if you don't like Rush, again, how can you keep them out? You know, because I mean, look at what are the what are the criteria? It's 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 importance, quote unquote, whatever that means. You know, popularity, sales, influence. Well, Rush is. In on all those things, and yes it's even bigger on all those things. You know, they just they the Rock Hall has just decided. You know, we're we're eliminating this entire genre of music. There is no prog rock. Yeah, especially when you look at some of the bands that are in it, that are in the
3: Hall of Fame. You know, it's 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 a ridiculous.
1: It's anyone who who. was ever on Atlantic. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah, they're shoo-in. You know. So uh, yeah, they like soul. Uh, and they like American rock and roll. You know, that's what they like
0: most. And well, I'll tell you what, we're, uh, we're, we're getting close to the end of our hour, so let's uh, let's go back and fog everything again, because we still want to hear a minute or so of uh, of one more song. You, you guys are going to be in, uh, looks like New Jersey this Saturday, Cape May, New Jersey.
2: Yeah, Brad, uh, Brad and I are breaking it down. We're going to do an acoustic set at the Singer-Songwriter Festival at Cape May.
0: Very nice.
2: And then yeah. uh, next month, in, uh, at NYU Relay for Life? Yes. Every year we do the American Cancer. We have a partnership with the American Cancer Society, and we raise money for them, and then we perform at the Relay for Life at NYU. Um, and then we are... Um, some June 20, New York City Pride June,
0: Parade. Yeah, June, Park.
2: New York Pride Parade in Bryant Park, and then we're going to head down to Asbury Park on the same day and play the Stone Pony. Um, Very nice. Whoa. Yeah, and so uh, you know we got a we nice nice couple nice couple months. Brad's gonna crank out a kid, and uh, well, I guess Brad's <laughs> wife will crank out a kid. Um, yeah, it's
0: pretty easy work for Brad. Yeah, my part is done. <laughs>
2: my part. Is done.
1: You do have to be there though, and be supportive, and have yeah, the right, right look here. on your face. I've done it you. four times. Yeah, <laughs>
2: <laughs> have a look on your face.
1: That the look on your face is very important. I'm sure that will come naturally. Yeah. You can't look smug. If you look smug she'll like rake your eyes out.
0: <laughs> you gotta
1: look concerned the whole time, you know. But you can't look panicked. No, no, none of that. Yeah, um, it's sure all just be passed it. out on the floor. There's so. this sweet spot, you know, you gotta and be in there, it. right, with the look on your face and all that. Yeah, it's it's important. It's an important role. Yeah, you 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 know you need to prepare. You, you don't bring your guitar. No.
2: Right. <laughs> don't bring your guitar. Okay. So if What if it's wants, a long
1: labor? I do you, well, uh, you, like, you, you can like sequester it in another room, okay. maybe.
0: <laughs> if you want to find out more about the band, you can also go to myspace.com/tellingontrixie. T e l l i n g o n t r i x i e. You'll find links there to uh, buy their stuff on iTunes or on Amazon. You'll find a uh, links to Facebook, to Twitter, to uh, – I, I followed you guys on Twitter during the show here, by the way. And oh, uh,
2: just about, just about every uh,
0: social website yep. you can find.
2: Yeah, buy uh, all of them so, uh, so Brad can buy food for his baby.
0: That's right. <laughs> Brad's baby is going to starve to death unless you buy Ugly, Broken, Sober by Telling on Trixie. And uh, I guess we can uh, we can go ahead and close out with a clip from Mad About You. We we talked about it earlier. Is there anything you want to add? Nope. All right. we'll nope. let the music... well. Great talking to you
1: guys, uh, thanks, and Lord. good Thank luck. You. Really, really hope everything works out for you. And if if hooking up with a with a cool indie, you know, is the best path, then I then I I absolutely hope that happens for you. And we will make sure to get uh, a. A, a full-length review done of, oh, awesome. of the new album f- on Blog Critics, for sure. Yeah,
2: that's great. That's great. Thank you so much.
1: Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's, it, it is l- the least we can do, you know, as far as <laughs> contributing to the cause. So, yeah, it was really great talking to you guys. A lot of fun, real interesting guys. We like the music a lot and, and really wish you the best. Great. Thanks Thank a you. lot.
0: Thanks for having us. Here's a, a sample of Matt about you. day. Well, that was that about you from uh, the latest album by Tatling on Trixie. Uh, As we've mentioned a couple of times, be sure to pick up Ugly, Broken, Sober. It's available iTunes, Amazon, you know, every fine digital music emporium. Thanks again to Derek Nicoletto and Brad Small for joining us this evening. Uh, This was our last 9 p.m. broadcast. We will be resuming next week, uh, Wednesday night as usual, live as usual, but at 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, BC Radio Live will be broadcast live every Wednesday night from at 6 p.m. Eastern from here on out. Be sure to visit us live to participate in the chat room. Uh, I guess Eric, uh, you'll be able to start the chat room and all that. We'll have to see if we can talk you into doing a live video feed as well. But in any case, if you miss the live broadcast and a changing schedule can do that, don't worry, fear not, because audio archives are available for download download of every episode. And uh, you can subscribe to the podcast. to have BC Radio Live delivered to you each week. Each week, uh, more interviews, uh, more fun stuff, and we're going to be telling you a lot more about what's going on at one of the uh, best sites on the Internet, we think, blogcritics.org. Until next week, aloha.